Welcome to Fountain Springs Online. At Fountain Springs, we believe in showing unconditional love, irrational generosity, and being unwavering in our mission to show people who Jesus is. We are one church in multiple locations that exists to help grow and guide your relationship with Jesus. We are so glad you've joined us today, and we hope that we can encourage, challenge, and support you in your walk with Jesus. Feel free to join us this coming weekend at any of our locations and services, or call or email us so we can help you in any way. We are so glad that you've joined us today at Fountain Springs Online. Now let's turn our attention to this week's message.
Glad you're here. Uh, this is going to be a fun one, I think. We'll see. If you haven't been a part of Fountain Springs Church lately, uh, we're simply doing this. We're learning from God through music in the Bible. If you don't know this about music, if you really nerd it out, you'll find that there are themes to lyrics. Well, some of you don't listen to music with lyrics, and you're like, that's the real music. I'm just telling you, there's lyrics that move you and I. They affect us, and uh, there's themes too. We've been going through each one, each of the major themes. And, uh, and this weekend, the theme of quitting. I mean, now reflect a little bit on the songs that you know where someone just says, I'm done with you. Right? Or I'm done with it. It's a quitting theme. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's, that's what country music is. Right? <laughs> it's, there's this theme of, of giving up, of quitting, of like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore, whatever this is. If you've ever quit something, you know, it's a big deal typically. I mean, to even say the words, I quit. I quit you. I quit this. I quit that. It's a big deal. You probably thought about it a lot. Or maybe you didn't, and you regretted that you didn't think about it a lot. Quitting's a big deal. I, I looked up statistics, by the way. I'm like, trying to figure out, how are we doing it, kind of the, the topic of quitting? Well, let's just look at the recent calendar. Last year at this time, May of 2017, 3.2 million Americans quit their jobs just in that month. Now, there, I'm sure there's a mixture of reasons. If you want to know how that compares, that was the most amount of Americans quitting jobs in one month since 2001. So it appears as though we're amping it up a bit, just a little bit. Let's talk about shopping. Now, I've got some conflicting data on this. The data that I've learned is, says this, that if you have one bad experience, uno, one. If you have one bad experience with a company, 51% of us quit that company. We're like, never again. The problem is I read a book this week that said 89% of us do. I don't know which one's right. I just know that most of us, can we just land on the majority? The majority of us, if you have one, one, is that not telling? One, one bad experience with a company, you're like, you're dead to me. <laughs> Here's the one that I thought, well, it alarmed me. Just think about the year you were born. Just get that in your head right now, the year you were born. You don't have to tell anybody, don't worry. Here's the stat I read. Those of you who were born after 1980, those of you who were born after 1980 have been polled and said, if you had a decision and it was between a friendship and a promotion, you would say, bye, friend. I got the promotion. I find that a problematic that those born out of 1980 would say, I'd rather have the promotion than the friendship. I will quit the friendship, but I'll quit it right now. That's a problem. Think about the times you've quit. Maybe there's some regrets there. Maybe there's not. But quitting is a part of life. And I want to tell you the reasons. Here's the reasons that I can find that I start. Hopefully they fit in with why you quit. What Opposition. You had some sort of um, boss, workload, person, whatever. But you're like, I have this opposition, this issue. So you quit. You're like, I'm done. Uh, or exhaustion. I think that's a good one for uh, Mother's Day weekend. <laughs> like, I'm tired. Please don't quit. Uh, 
But many of us, just because we're fatigued, we're like, I'm tired, so I'm going to stop running right now, right? There's, that's why we quit. And then there's one we have to fess up to that sometimes just out of selfishness, I mean, it's just something where like, I, I just don't want to because in that selfishness, we, we quit. Whatever the reason is for you, we need to talk about it. But I need to offer a disclaimer, okay? So I want you listening very, very intently. If you are in a current toxic relationship, maybe it's a toxic uh, work environment, toxic romantic relationship, friendship, but there is some sort of uh, physical or emotional abuse, and you are in the quandary of like, when do I quit? When do I say, that person, I'm done with you? Here's what I'm going to do. Our conversation today, what we're going to look at with the Bible and what we're going to learn about quitting, I am not speaking toward that. If you are in danger, you should find separation, okay? There's nothing, there's nothing in the Bible that says that you should then just subject yourself to continual abuse like that, Okay? So I need to offer that disclaimer. If you're in the, if you're in the situation right now, like, do, do I get some distance from that person who is hurting me? As in, like, you are in danger. I would say get some distance. So I want to offer that disclaimer. And I actually, I actually want to be very specific. I want to show you what we're going after in regard to quitting. Let, let me show you in the Bible. This is what we're about to go after. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Perhaps you found yourself in a moment that you quit for uh, multiple reasons, and later on you're like, uh-oh, shouldn't have done that. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Here's my heart for all of us, is that we don't surrender and sacrifice the harvest of blessing because we gave up. Perhaps there's something in store for you in life that God wants you to be a part of that's, that he would call a harvest of blessing. And you're like, you know, I don't farm, but I understand harvest of blessing. I get that. If you want that, if you want to do good with your life, live the fulfilling life that Jesus talked about, we got to have the quitting conversation. That is why I love the lyrics of this weekend's song. Because they're leading us, and then they turn. If you missed it, I, I want to show you a, a lot of this. Uh, you think you got the best of me. Mm -hmm. Got something like that in my life, right? Think you had the last laugh. Bet you think that everything good is gone. Think you left me broken down. Think that I've, I'd come running back. Baby, you don't know me because you're dead wrong. <laughs> And then the whole thing changed. Basically, I am not quitting. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Stand a little taller. Does it, you want me to sing this? No, I'm not going to, by the way. <laughs> but does, when you read it, you just kind of start to get into it. Uh, doesn't mean I'm lonely when I'm alone. What doesn't kill you makes you a fighter. Footsteps even lighter. Doesn't mean I'm over because you're gone. I love the song because it goes after what you and I, I think, desire. Because I don't know a person yet who's like, you know what I want to be known for? Quitting. I, no, no person typically wants to be known. In fact, in fact, if you're on a team of any sort and you quit, oh, you see some emotions from some other people. 
But I don't want to spend all of our time just like, how do we keep from quitting? How do we keep from quitting? I think, I think there's a more mature conversation in all this. How do we persevere? I think that's the more mature conversation. That's the more like, how do we go about doing this? And that's why there's tons of music out there that talks about quitting, but also not quitting. So I want you thinking about right now, maybe you're in the midst of something right now. Let's call it a, a battle, a storm, a race. And you're like, I don't know if I should stick with this. I'm going to tell you, don't get tired of doing good. So I, when I was thinking about this, there's a guy that, that I want to tell you about. You, you probably know about him. He's one of the most well-known people ever. His name is Paul. Just goes by Paul. I mean, if, if you... If, if that's what you're known by, you did good. His name is Paul, and, and, and if you don't know this about the Bible, it's split up in Old Testament and New Testament, and a lot of the New Testament are actually full of letters. You're like, I thought they were books. They're letters that Paul often would write to different churches who were like, hey, we don't know what to do. So he'd write a letter to them. Well, <laughs> um, people were having a problem with being, um, well, arrogant. Have you ever, I don't know if you've ever worked with someone or been around somebody who kind of plays the victim card a little too much. <laughs> so he writes a letter about it. And I thought, you need to see this. So here's what <clears throat> he writes. I know I sound like a madman, which he will. Just, just follow me. But I've served him far more, just to put it on, on the table there. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number. If you're like, what's that mean? That means he's been like whipped more times than he can count. Just for those of you not good at math. And faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Now, if you're new to the Bible, you're like, why 39? Well, because they believed that if you were whipped 40 times, you'd die. So they would stop at 39. And if you're not tracking, that means five different times they nearly beat him to death. And somehow he survived. I'd, I'd call that a quitting moment. But uh, he keeps going. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Again, if you're new to the Bible, that's, that's not what you think it is nowadays. <laughs> um, those are actual rocks. Like they threw rocks at him. You're like, Paul did drugs, huh? <laughs> no, no. No, they, they looked at him and took rocks because that was a way to actually kill someone. And, and they just threw rocks at him, trying to kill him. Three times I was shipwrecked. I'd say if you're shipwrecked once, that's kind of like, mm, I'm done. I'm done. Three times. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. You're like, I've seen that movie. That wasn't, that's his life. That's, that's real. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long and during Many sleepless nights I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. I think we all can agree. This guy named Paul, he uh, persevered. 
Because if you don't know his story, I mean, he was arrested multiple times. What's not even included in there? He was bit by a poisonous snake. Most of us would be like, I'm done. No more hiking for me. I'm done. I mean, he had horrible happen to him. Do you know why he was doing all this? Trying to get the good news about Jesus out? If you want to know the time frame that most of this happened, eight years. You're like, whoa. Not in a long time. That wasn't like a hundred years of data. Most of us at some point, just let me, which shipwreck would you have quit? Which beating would you have quit? What would have been the, the third time that you were beaten 39 times? Like, think, just think about your life and my life. And, and this, we can all say, okay, well, well done, Paul. Because he kept writing letters and helping churches get started. And in fact, there's a danger in reading Paul's life. We're going, yeah, he must have had something I didn't have. Which is not true, actually. Paul was a normal guy. And I would say you and I, if we don't disconnect from Paul's life, you and I have a lot to learn about persevering. See, many of us do not persevere because we don't want to learn. If you, if you want to learn from God, I believe God has something for us all to grab a hold of. If you want to get a hold of it, you got to be willing to learn from Paul. Let's take a guy who went through far worse than most of us ever encounter. And he kept going. In fact, he had to be killed eventually. That's what stopped him. Someone killed him. And if you want to be willing to persevere through anything, we got to learn from Paul. But I knew that most of us were like, you know what, I, I don't regularly uh, uh, go on to ships. And uh, mo most of us are not regularly beaten. I, I wanted to help draw a, a parallel and show you what I think Paul's life shows us. It's a picture. I think this is life. Some of you are like, no, that's my wallpaper. <laughs> if you don't own an Apple product, you don't get that joke. But the name of this is, and this is fun to say, is El Capitan or El Capitan. Or those who are around us call it El Cap. This thing. People climb that on purpose. I mean, they're not being chased by foreign countries and like, oh no, that's the only route to go. And No, for fun. The climb, it's considered one of the most difficult places to climb. It's 3,000 feet tall. And to free climb it is absurd, except there, there's two guys. Two guys recently decided to free climb it. If you're like, what's free climbing? That's where you just, you, you take your mind and you throw it away and you say, you know what? I'm going to climb this. It's, 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 they call it the most pure form of climbing. It's, it's where you look at the, the rock and you're using what the rock gives you, basically, to put your fingers in your toes and climb. Well, there's two guys who climbed it, first to free climb it, and they captured their journey. you got to see this. Take a look. stand at the base and you look up, it just looks like 3,000 feet of blankness. There's nothing there. It's steep. It's intimidating. It just looks like there's no way you can climb it. 13C, 14C, 14C, 14D. All right. That's what you seek as a climber. You want to find something that looks absurd and figure out how to do it. Yeah, 
free climb in the Dawn Wall is dramatically different in terms of what it entails. I mean, Warren Harding, if he came across a blank section, he would drill a few bolts and hang on them. What I'm trying to do is not have to hang on the gear. Just work with the features of the rock, the micro little bumps, figure out how to grab them. The Dawn Wall looks harder than any free climbing I've ever found. I'm grabbing these minuscule edges, jumping between holds, taking huge falls. There's really an element of like, am I going to be able to do this? Am I ever going to be able to do this? Just answer the question on some of you, like, am I ever going to do like mountain climbing? You're like, <laughs> let, me, let me give you a quote from uh, Caldwell, who was, who was one of those guys. The beauty of this is while he was climbing, he was able to to put posts on social media. I mean, it's just, we live in a weird, weird, weird world. Here's what he says. Here's what he says. As, as he was climbing. Razor sharp holes ripped both the tape and the skin right off of my fingers. As disappointing as this is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm learning new levels of perseverance. I'm learning new levels of perseverance, patience, and desire. I'm not giving up. I will rest. I will try again. I will succeed. And he did. See this, this picture? Some of us don't realize that this is life. And you didn't sign up for it. Neither did I. You, you were just born. You didn't get the choice. You were just born, and at some point in your life, you begin to wrestle with, do I stick this out? And I would tell you that what we can learn from Paul and this mountain is that we need to climb. Life is a climb. And many of us right now are somewhere on there. We're some, maybe some of us are down here staring at it, right? All of us are somewhere here. And you and I are going to face things that will, will, will help us or cause us to struggle. If you get into the, the nerd out of, of rock climbing, which just this will shock you, I'm not really into it. Uh, but, but I've studied it and, and read as much as I can about it. Climbing at its most elementary conversation doesn't require a lot of strength. I mean, we watch kids do it all the time, right? Kids are born thinking that cabinets are climbing opportunities, right? And climbing is not so much of a strength thing. In fact, uh, the plotting and preparation for this particular climb that you saw and I saw uh, took about eight, eight years of just trying to figure out how to do it. And, but you and I don't get like eight years of prep to go at this. But what I can pass on to you is what the climbers learned and what I've seen written is that if you're going to climb, if you're going to be a rock climber, well, you're going you're to need focus and courage. You're going to need to be able to focus on what you're doing. And there's going to be some point that you happen to glance down. You're going to need courage. Or maybe it's glancing up. 
But what I have learned is this from Paul and from rock climbing. Persevering requires focus and courage. If you hear the context and the the content about Paul going through shipwrecks and beatings and snake bites and horrible, and you're like, what'd he have? Then you see climbers going up an impossible wall. What do they have? Focus and courage. They are not superhuman. They do not have an unfair advantage. They have focus and courage. And I want you to see what Paul can teach us. But before we get there, I want to talk about why you've quit before. Okay? We're going to talk about it just briefly. <laughs> because you probably had a thought I've had. Simple. thought this would be easier. Most of us start things. And our view of it is a bit more idealistic, huh? I thought parenting would be easier. I thought marriage would be easier. I thought pastoring would be easier. I thought friendships would be easier. Are you tracking now? Most of us, when we begin things, we think it'll be easier. And then it isn't easier. You're going through it, you're walking through it, and then you have the thought, should I quit? Here's a little bit more as we go further. We, we dwell so much on the pain rather than the reward of persevering. Remember that blessing, that harvest? Most of us look at the pain we're experiencing. Maybe if you're in a first romantic relationship and they hurt you and you're like, oh, I'm done. I deserve to be done. I'm done. And when we dwell on the pain, I think that's a tactic that the devil uses. He tries to get us to see that pain, to hone in on that pain, and say, you can't do anything about that pain. And God's like, I can Maybe it's a job and, 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 and you didn't perform as well as you thought you might. So instead of learning, you quit. Maybe it's school. Maybe you quit school. You tried school. You're like, I'm going to go back to school. And you tried it and, it and it didn't play out how you thought. You thought it would be easier. So you quit. We dwell so much on the pain rather than the reward, the reward of persevering. And I would tell you that if you want to be a person that perseveres, you've got to lean in to the lives of the people who have already done it. Does that make sense? Almost borrowing from them, like, hey, what'd you do? How'd you do it? And rather than see them as superhumans with unfair advantages and more money and more opportunity, maybe they didn't have all that. And you and I could look at Paul and say, Paul, how'd you do that? How'd you get shipwrecked, snake bitten, and be like, all right, let's go? I I can show you. This is cool. Here's the first one if you're a note taker, which be one. Our ability to persevere is rooted in understanding our value. See, when you thought it would be easier and you begin to face that opposition, those problems, exhaustion, your, your value, who you are, you'll, oh, you're in danger of misunderstanding who you are. Many of us right now have a major problem. It's called a self-esteem problem. Because we've put our value, or at least asked others, expected others to gift us our value. And if you lose your value, you will quit. You'll be done. 
I think it's one of the first things that happened. If, if you quit, it's because you don't grasp how valuable you are. Because we live in a world that lies to us about value. If you want to do good in your life, you need to know that God values you. Let me show you how he sees you. A couple of different places I want to take you. Here's one. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Don't raise your hand on this. But I wonder how many people see themselves lower than they should because of their appearance. Because of how others have even spoken to them about how they look, how they behave, how smart they are. I don't have time to give you all the examples all throughout the Bible of how God loves to prove this wrong. I am a walking example of someone who should not be a pastor. If you need details, we'll talk later. And I don't deserve the wife that I have or the kids that I have. Many of us, because of what others have spoken, and it's ugly what they've spoken. Or maybe it's just we failed and we're like, ah, I'm telling you, if you don't want to quit, know that God loves you. And he's not looking at how perfectly you've done things. He's not even looking at your appearance going, well, I can only, I'm limited. No. Your value is huge. Let me show you another verse that even walks us, well, it's one of my favorite, but. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what my favorite part is? While we were still sinners. I know there's other important parts. When we had a bad climbing day. Huh? Does that help a little bit? If yesterday was like, you were horrible. And you can prove it. You could write a book about it. While we were having a bad climbing day, while even God knew that we would mess up and we would struggle and we would want to quit because our decisions were just miserable, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We should own that. That helps you understand. You want to know how valuable you are to God? He knew you'd fall. And he loves you anyways. Many of us, and we talk about this frequently as a church, if you want to do life the way you ought to, and then you fail, you need to know that God is, has no intentions of shaming you. If you're on the verge of quitting right now, perhaps you've lost your value. Or, should I say, confused your value. God loves you. End of the subject. God loves you. But there's another thing to learn from Paul that is very important. You need to know your value, but our ability to persevere comes from knowing life is not about us. This is the more difficult one. Our ability to persevere comes from knowing life isn't about us. What was Paul thinking as he got shipwrecked once, twice, three? You're like, what? What was he thinking as he was beaten? One, two, three, all the way to 39, then again, five times. What was he thinking? I'll tell you, this life's not about me. Not because he was superhuman. He just got it. 
He got that his life, from the moment of being even conceived to his death, it wasn't about him. But I would say many of us right now, we think this life is about us. That's why there are so many people confused because, like, this is not a great life. This is not easy. Life's not about us. Let me, let me show you more in the Bible that spoke to his life. Uh, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. You see, when, when he's being beaten and shipwrecked and bitten by a snake and all, it's about Christ, Jesus Christ, if you're new to the Bible, Jesus. When you have a problem at a bad climbing day or someone does something they shouldn't, it's still about Jesus. Uh, yes, everything else is worthless. <laughs> Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For, for his sake, for his sake, for his sake. Do you catch on? Life's not about him. If you want to know, if you're like, I don't want to do that, fine, then, then quit. But quitting will not give you fulfillment. You were not designed to be a quitter. You were designed for Blessings that God would help you have this extraordinary life, fulfilling life. For his sake, I have discarded everything else. Counting it all as garbage. Hmm. So that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. Let me take you back. We usually don't persevere because we make life about us. I wonder if any of us have been there. I wonder if any of us have been living our life where you're like, you know, it's not going awesome. I'm, I'm kind of on the verge. This job isn't doing what I want. It's, but maybe, maybe you've made it a little too much about you. Here's a great example. This is beautiful. Think about Jesus. I mean, if any of us deserves to have life about us, can we, we can say, okay, he gets it. He gets, life should be about him. Let me show you something in Hebrews if you've missed. I, this is so good. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Oh, that's helpful. Let's run this. Let's not quit. We do this. If you're like, how do I? How do I? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Life's not about us. Huh. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And then there is something very significant. Watch this. Because of the joy awaiting him, Jesus, he endured the cross. Disregarding its shame. Jesus is nailed on a cross. And he could have quit. Why didn't he? Well, when Jesus was on the cross, he wasn't focused on the cross. Many of us right now want to get off our own crosses because we're focused on the pain and the cross. Many of us right now are wrestling through, I want to be done, but we're not saying maybe I could actually leverage this junky moment for Jesus. I think Paul was looking at the beatings and the shipwrecks and, and, and the snake and all that junk. I think he's going, I can use this for Jesus because my life is not about me. My life is not about me. Perhaps this is a gut check for all of us, myself included. If you're on the verge of quitting, you don't have to. I read a story that really messed with me. If you remember the uh, multiple shootings we've had in our country. But I want to read you something. This is from the San Bernardino shootings incident. 14 people killed. 
22 wounded. Uh, Denise Peraza was in there along with a guy named Shannon Johnson. Listen to Denise's recount of the situation. Wednesday morning at 10.55 a.m., we were seated next to each other at a table, joking about how we thought the large clock on the wall might be broken because time seemed to be moving so slowly. I would have never guessed that only five minutes later, we would be huddled next to each other under the same table, using a fallen chair as a shield from over 60 rounds of bullets being fired across the room. While I cannot recall every single second that played out that morning, I always remember his left arm wrapped around me, holding me as close as possible next to him behind that chair, and amidst all the chaos, I'll always remember him saying these three words. I got you. The reason it messes with me, I wonder what I would do. When life immediately begins to play out in a way that I don't think is good and it's bad, do I move quickly to life is about me, life is about me, life is about me, or would I move quickly to life is not about me? What if you and I lived a bit more on the edge? What if you and I would lean more into a life where it's not supposed to be about us, but it's about the people around us, and especially God? So I think it's pertinent to get into your lives. I'm going to ask you two questions that I hope mess with you. Where do you get your value? And who is your life about? Because here's what I will tell you about perseverance. What I have learned, what I see in Paul's life, what I see in climbers are these, these. This is powerful. Where do you get your value? If it's from your girlfriend or your boyfriend or even your spouse, what happens if they mess up? Is it from your job performance, school performance, sports? I don't know. Where do you get your value? The answer should be God. He loves you no matter what. If you can lock on to that, you can move then to who is your life about? If you understand that God loves you, then who's your life going to be about? If you can answer that to be God and people, then you can walk out and you will not quit. You will endure the race. In fact, here's what's cool. Here's my favorite part. Next weekend, people are getting baptized. Maybe you're one of them. You're like, why do people get baptized? This. I didn't plan this. God did. This is so cool. When someone gets baptized, they're like, I will from now on be perfect. No, you won't. People being baptized say, God's giving me my value. And my life's about God. Very simple. Whether you're getting baptized next week or not. Maybe you and I could be known for our willingness to persevere. I want to surround myself with a bunch of people who won't quit. And guess what? It's going to be hard. Because all of us have different stuff in our lives. But I pray this for you, that no matter what you're walking through, or one day you will, I pray that you will persevere because I think God cares if you do or not. And I love how music brings it up, something that God's been talking about. 
persevering gives you access to a harvest of blessing. I hope you'll stick with it. Let me pray for you. God, thanks for this wisdom. Thanks for the story of Paul. Can't imagine going through what Paul went through. But God, I know there are many people amongst us who are hurting in a very similar way. Lord, I pray for those who are currently on the verge of quitting. God, would you speak wisdom into their lives? Would you help them understand grace and truth? Would you walk in in a way that they become aware of you and they lean into you and they listen to you? God, help us be a church that doesn't quit. Thank you for this lesson, Lord. Prompt us when we uh, are neglecting this lesson. Help us to get back at living life. God, we love you. And we thank you for all that you are. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.